I'm John Perry. I'm Ted Cupper. And this is Constellation, making the graphic novel. Join us as we build an original science fiction world. Okay, everybody, welcome back to the Constellation Making of Podcast. John, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. I've got some uh, new pages to go over. That's right. Uh, 11 of them, to be exact. Exciting. Um, feeling eh, decent about them. We'll see. When we last last left off, we had introduced the character of Saba, and they had gone to dinner, and he had told tim that he was going to have to kill someone and uh so now as we're picking up they are going to be taking their first steps into the world of katal is that right that's right so this is pretty much going to be like the purpose of the scene you're about to see which is really just one really long scene is uh to understand this naturalist world called katal that they're they're entering into and to set up some like very key facts about it Right, we have to set it up. Okay, so uh, let's let them know which characters we're going to be playing. Um, uh, I believe uh, I'm going to be playing uh, two different priests, Ocean and Cranium, and I'm also going to be playing Zoya. That's right, um, and I'll be doing uh, Saba, uh, Tim, and a character named Root. And then uh, are you going to be reading the narration as well? Yeah, I'll do the narration as well. So okay, I'll have uh, a fair amount to do, especially in the beginning here. But I, th- I think this made sense as a way to, to divide it up. I'm going to be talking a lot at first, though. So. Well, don't worry. All of our uh, uh, pitch shifting and, and mixing effects will help to split up the I certainly hope so. All right. So let's jump right into it and get into today's pages. John, take it away. Okay, uh, panel one, a white void. The only objects are a plaque mounted on a stone platform and a large stone archway that opens onto a shimmering portal. These features are seen from a high zoomed out angle in which we can also see three human forms just teleporting in. Caption says, Lobby of Catal. And in the next panel, those forms materialize into the avatars of Tim, Zoya, and Saba. The three of them look around, getting their bearings. And Tim says, They didn't exactly spend a lot of time designing the lobby, did they? And Saba answers, It's against their religion to conjure things they don't need. So Tim peers at the plaque on the stone platform. According to this, we don't have eject rights while we're inside. And Tim gestures at the archway. The only way in and out is this big portal. Like I said, they're fundamentalists. And he seems unmoved by the situation. On the next page, we see a panel with Zoya looking concerned. Natural rules and no ejection? How do we know they aren't going to grab us and torture us the second we walk through the door? Saba walks confidently towards the archway. And he says, fine, I'll go first. In the next panel, we see Tim watching Saba, stealing himself. And then in the next panel, Tim acts. He pushes past Saba towards the portal and says, no, I've got this. In the next panel, Tim passes through the portal. And in the last panel, we see for a moment Zoya and Saba looking at each other. On the next page, Tim stands on the dais of a simple wooden church, complete with rows of empty pews. Behind him, Zoya is just stepping through the portal to join him. The next panel, Saba has arrived as well, and now all three of them are standing together in the empty church. 
And Saba calls out, anyone here? Uh, in the next panel, a female priest with a robe and a staff appears through a doorway in the side of the church. The three visitors turn to face her. Hello there. My name is Ocean Songbird. How may I guide you? In the next panel, Saba steps forward confidently and says, We'd like to join your little society here. In the next panel, Ocean looks pleased. What a joyous occasion. On the next page, uh, we see a panel where it's a side angle of Ocean addressing the three of them with Saba still standing slightly forward from the rest of the group. So you've decided to shed temptation. Saba says, absolutely. Ocean says, and you understand that while you're here, you won't have access to the devil's tools. In the next panel, we see Tim interjecting, and he says, you mean the exec? And in the next panel, we see Ocean looking pensively off in the distance as she speaks. The devil has many names. In the next panel, we see Saba, who seems unbothered by this information, but behind him, Tim and Zoya look perhaps a bit uneasy. But Saba says quickly, sure thing. In the last panel, we see a wide angle of the church. Ocean gestures towards the back, and the three make their way in the direction that she's pointing. Then why don't you take those seats in the back? Today's service is about to start. On the next page, uh, we see Tim, Zoya, and Saba sitting in the back row of pews, watching as people file in for the service. In the next panel, we see Saba watching with a big smile on his face, while Tim looks stoic and Zoya looks horrified. Saba says, Look at how dirty they are. And Tim says, that one's limping. In the next panel, we get a closer view on the people filing in and their dirt-stained faces. These people look physically worse than any we've seen so far in the constellation. We can see the limping old man that Tim was referring to. And in the foreground, we see the back of Saba's head as he ogles the masses. And he says, how delightful, an authentic cripple. In the next panel, the three of them sit in a row. Zoya looks at her hand and winces while Tim leans over to peer at her hand as well. Saba, meanwhile, looks amazed by something outside the panel and elbows Tim to get his attention. There's something stuck in my finger. And Tim says, it's called a splinter. A splinter? And Saba whispers emphatically, look, it's a dead body. On the next page, we see some people are indeed carrying the body of an old woman on a ceremonial stretcher through the front door of the church. And in the next panel, that body is placed on a kind of altar beside the dais. And in the next panel, Ocean Songbird stands alone behind the podium and gestures off stage. Cranium Whiskers will begin today's service with a few words for the recently escaped. The next panel, Cranium Whiskers, another priest, uh, dressed much like Ocean with a robe and a staff, takes Ocean's place behind the podium. In the last panel, Cranium begins to launch into a speech, and in the foreground, we can make out the face of the dead old lady lying on the altar. If you knew Banana Windstorm at all, then you knew she was brave until the end. On the next page, we see in flashback, Banana, alive. She's lying on a bed in a wooden house. Behind her, we see other beds containing old and dying individuals, as well as a nurse or two attending to them. For her entire stay in the holy house... She never complained once. Banana talks to a young man while he dutifully writes down what she says on a piece of parchment. In the early days when she still had some strength, she tirelessly recounted her famous recipes so we might have them after her escape. In the next panel, Banana waves away a nurse trying to offer her a tincture. And when opium supplies ran low, she volunteered to go without rather than have us conjure more. In the next panel, we see Banana enduring great pain, arching her back in bed. 
She suffered greatly, and yet she remained brave, for she knew the truth. On the next page, uh, we see multiple bubbles. This is sort of an abstract panel where these bubbles are floating across it. And inside each bubble, we can see a different person standing on the original savanna where people were first uh, loaded into the constellation, you know, naked and confused by, by their first days there. She knew that 75 years ago, the devil trapped humankind in a gilded cage. In the next panel, we see a smaller number of larger bubbles, but now the contents are more varied. For example, in one bubble, we can see two winged people make out in midair, while in another bubble, some dinosaurs celebrate a birthday party. And in yet another bubble, two sports cars race down a highway. She knew that what looks like an endless constellation of worlds is just a prison with many rooms. In the next panel, we see a single large bubble now, and this one is clenched in a demonic hand. And inside that bubble, we see a man raising his arms to conjure a castle. She knew that what looks like great power is just a temptation of the devil. In the next panel, we're back to a close on Banana's dead face in the present as she lies on the altar in the church. And she knew that what looks like eternal life is just a padlock on the door to heaven. In the last panel, we see Cranium impassioned, leaning across the podium. And so, on this blessed day, we celebrate Banana's triumphant escape, and we pray, God willing, for our own escape someday. On the next page, we see Cranium stepping down from the podium, and Ocean taking his place. Thank you, Cranium. And now, after those moving words, we must move on to the dirty business of conjuring. In the next panel, we see a wide angle of the whole church, with Ocean still visible standing at the front. On the right side of the audience, we can see a hand shooting up. Do we have any requests today? In the next panel, a stout man by the name of Root Sunset stands in the audience. Root? The smithy has great need of more iron ore. In the next panel, we see a side angle of Ocean and Root addressing each other across the church. And can you not dig up more of it? The closest mines are all used up. And can you not simply walk farther then? Root looks down, perhaps shamefully. Indeed we could, but we are talking about a considerable cost in time. If we are to meet the demands for new tools to suit our growing population, then I don't think that will work. In the last panel, Ocean uh, gestures. Very well then, come up here. On the next page, Zoya, Tim, and Saba watch intently from the audience. What are they doing to him? On stage, two priests are tying Root's hands to a pole with his back exposed. Ocean watches approvingly. Root Sunset, do you repent for calling the, upon the devil's magic? I do. In the next panel, one of the priests lashes Root violently with a whip. Root cries out in anguish. In the next panel... Ocean holds his staff at the ready. The proper penitence given, I will now conjure a block of iron ore. The next panel, we see Ocean pointing his staff like a magic wand and a hunk of iron ore appears on the dais. In the next panel, we see some of the stronger members of the church hauling off the ore while Ocean turns back to the audience. And now for happier matters. Will our new visitors please come to the front? On the next page, we see Tim, Zoya, and Saba walking up the aisle, with Saba again looking the most comfortable of the three with this situation. Tim tries hard to look confident, but is not totally succeeding, while Zoya looks openly fearful. In the next panel, the three of them stand on stage before Ocean. We can see the big portal 
that they originally came in through behind them. Ocean gestures towards that portal. You have seen our service. You have had a small taste of our ways. If you have any doubts, you are now free to leave through the door you came in. In the next panel, we see Tim, Zoya, and Saba sitting in uneasy silence for a beat. Then in the next panel, Ocean addresses the church, which is now erupting into applause. Well then, let's have a round of applause for our new initiates. In the next panel, a trio of priests each hand Saba, Tim, and Zoya various crude building tools like a hammer, a saw, and a bucket of nails. But before you can become true Catalians, you must first demonstrate that you're capable of our lifestyle. And in the last panel, we see a close on Tim's hands receiving a poorly constructed hammer. You can begin by building your own shelters. And scene. Cool. Okay. So, uh, I liked that. I thought that was good. There were no big surprises in it for me because we talked about, I think, most of those things. But I liked the way you um, chose them and ordered them. And I liked the flogging of Root. I thought that was cool. Uh did Ocean change genders during the? Well, during that wouldn't the scene? be very uh, naturalist. So no, that's not intentional. So I, I mean, have... I think Ocean started as a woman, and then I think later was referred to with him his his pronoun. Uh, uh, yeah, holds his staff, holds her staff. I think so I just uh, drifted in pronouns, or, you know, because um, I, I, I mean, it was o- sort of a... Ocean is not a very gendered name since it's just a noun. <laughs> but, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, I, I mean, I sort of like half committed decision to make Ocean female that wasn't like super deeply thought. So I think I just sure. didn't convert it fully. But that was the choice. So Got I think, it. Okay, yeah. so I, I like the choice of making Ocean female just to differentiate further from cranium um and i liked cranium's you know kind of uh uh fervent belief um yeah i like that it's a padlock on the door of heaven i liked i thought all that stuff was good i think uh no notes like yeah we'll just have to keep moving i think you know the only thing is it is 10 pages for one scene so when you know when when all is said and done we may have to make some further tough choices about trimming this, but I don't, I didn't well, dislike any of it. It's all well, good. Well, some facts may come out in the coming pages, right? So exactly. it's like, right. I'm trying to get literally everything in, but we may not need to get everything in here. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I think that's exactly it. I think we're, we're not sure yet where the most efficient location for some of this information is. So it's good to try to get it in and then yeah we may we may thin out i also realized that it doesn't um i mean it doesn't it, this this is less of an issue the shorter we make it right it's more of an issue if it's 10 pages but like um there's not if tim is our main character here there's not much for him to do like i think the one thing i have him doing is the thing that happens very early on where he's like to sort of impress saba he decides to go through the door first um like yeah, I didn't have a problem with him being passive in the scene, although, you know, what what might make it feel more like, you know, the rest of the book is to just let us into what he's thinking during the scene. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, because we do have the that voiceover that we've been using, yeah. Yeah, so if we just dropped in, I think, a little bit of voiceover, I think that would, just to know, so that we know, you know, how 
how is he? T- like you're talking in the description a lot about how he looks like he's trying to be comfortable, but he's not quite right. Yeah. But that's not going to convey anyway. And yeah. like, you know, I, I do think to some extent there's something that artists can do with his face and stuff that will push in that direction. So I don't think that's useless to put in the description, but I think you could enhance that uh, and make the whole thing a little bit more subjectively Tim's. Yeah, POV you're right. He needs a few uh, voice just by adding, lines, especially adding in reaction to things like the whipping, you know? Right, right, right. Like he's he's a world designer, so he has some idea of exactly how much that hurts, right? Like he's watching the guy whipping and he knows what pain threshold he just set or whatever. So he's like, Oh yeah, you know. Um Well, uh, and he'd be interested maybe in that conjuring stick right away too, right? I mean, cause um, Right, right, right. Cause right, he would notice that they had Oh, this is how they've how they've limited exec access. Is it's yeah, it's in that stick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would also probably be the secret one way to make this whole thing a little shorter. Um, sure, right. But yeah. I think um, I think combining the so, but the the main high level decisions that I made were to um, funeral rites was an idea we had, and theology was an idea we had. I like preaching, so like I, I very much combined those. Um, right, and it makes sense that in a place like this, someone would die all the, like every week, basically. You know. Yeah. Um, um and then we had, um, uh, you know, we had some idea of them like, like we needed to understand like their conjuring philosophy and the sticks and stuff, and mm-hmm. so I sort of like combined that into some town business. And then we needed the like new initiates, right? And I sort of combined that into the portal thing. And um, I guess we get the portal multiple ways. I mean, I realized that since it's the only way in and out, um, that we could actually teach that pretty quickly, right? Because I right. kind of am able to even right. Do you that have that in, in the yeah. lobby, and then you have it again in the sermon. So I, it, we could either take it out of the sermon or have it, be, you know, or take it out of the lobby um, because we only need to tell them once. But yeah, it's just sort of. I don't know where it feels better. I guess we'll we'll fi- we'll figure that out in a later draft. So yeah, I mean, this might be a short episode if you don't have a ton of notes. But uh, looking ahead, um, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to build their house. Oh yeah, um, let's look at what's happening next. They're because... gonna have to, uh, you know, kind of tensions are gonna rise about that. You know, Saba's enjoying it more than uh, they are. Um, you right. know. So and this then, was beat 26 on the outline, right? Yeah. And then, uh, right. We're going to have them go build their place of their domicile. They're going to look for a victim. Yeah. There's like a, there's, there's a, sort of a place for a kind of montage, mm-hmm. which doesn't have, it could be more or less montage depending on how it feels like. It, it should go when it's being written right where we're going to tease murder weapons and like Tim's kind of looking for a victim. And then eventually Tim's going to find cranium secretly going to the woods to indulge in some illicit conjuring of some kind. Um, which I think, you know, uh, that's why I wanted to make sure cranium was the guy who was like really super fervently fervent, preaching because right, that right. just makes that going to be more fun later. Yeah. You want him to be the hypocrite. Yeah. Um, so, sure. uh, and then of course we have the actual like murder attempt. So yeah, I mean, all that stuff's I think pretty fluid as far as like how quickly that moves and how fleshed out it is. Um, you know, it yeah. could be written long. Like I wrote this to just figure like the more, the merrier we'll cut later. 
Um, or, you know, it could be made more concise. I think, again, Tim's voiceover is a really easy way to, to tighten that up. Yeah, I think I will attempt to write a version of voiceover in at least B29, and then we'll see how long it takes to get a version of that out that that plants the important elements like the the possible weapons and stuff um yeah and then yeah if i can get into the murder then i'll get all the way to the murder but i i don't know i mean it could be that the next beat is another 10 pager um so i'll have to see what uh what happens that'll be for next time but um but yeah, I would encourage you to be, you know, as redundant as you want to be with the like world building here. Cause yeah, I mean, I think that way, yeah, we can see what the most efficient things are. Right. Right. Yeah. I'll look for anywhere that I can put stuff and yeah, we'll see. We'll see where we like it best. Uh, all of our beats, I think our outline has a uh, 42 total beats. And so we're up to somewhere around 28. 29 next yeah time. but a lot so. that's deceiving because a lot of those are just like you know quick zoya you know alternate side beats that might, might be might be short we'll see oh you know that is one point i want to make before we wrap for real mm-hmm. um i do have because tim goes through the portal first i have this one panel where like uh zoya and uh saba are like alone in the lobby that then oh, doesn't yeah. go anywhere and mm-hmm. I was thinking, because and it can't, because we're sort of stuck in Tim's POV, but I, I was thinking in my head, like, that's kind of a tease. Like, later we'll show what maybe is said in that moment. And I'm imagining yeah. that, like, Saba says something to Zoya that, like, convinces her that she has to go through that portal right then. Because we know, like, part of Zoya's backstory is that um, she's particularly, uh, like, indoctrinated by her parents against, like, you know, going into these kinds of situations where she's vulnerable. Right. And I mean, not just by her parents, like teaching, but also just literally by example, things. This is just good. Yeah. This is just good, rational thinking. I mean, everyone should have that lesson, but she particularly has it, right? Like, like, for example, I think that was the reason that we had given why, why she couldn't solve the, um, the, the Wang puzzle world. Right. Because, right. Um, that one was all about giving up trust. She wouldn't give up. Uh, enough permissions to get into the central level yeah so i feel like she's gonna need some extra nudging and i just left a beat there to be like he might say something like i don't know what he would say what threat or something that would be like like you're gonna go through that there right now you know and like yeah, that I happens mean, he could threaten often. her or he could reassure her you know he could manipulate her that sure. way too some um, way some way i think but yeah gonna, i like yeah. the idea that he gives her a push that she's she's wavering he gives her a push and that yeah that's good to flag that so that whenever we do go back to the flashbacks we remember to include that one yeah yeah cool i'm glad you flagged that um yeah all right well we'll be back next time we'll have more script pages and uh you know um we'll just keep plowing through it until we've got a whole draft and then we'll do another draft because that's how you do this thing all right (laughs) As always, thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for being with us. We will be back with you soon. This has been Constellation, Making the Graphic Novel. Our theme song is Pomona by Audios. To subscribe to this podcast, look us up on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher application. You can find us on Twitter or on the web at constellationpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.